So today we are taking a little break from our uh, Because He Lives sermon series, and we're going to be looking at uh, God's motherly love. So today what we're going to be looking at, okay, is we're looking at God, our father, okay? Uh, He's the creator. He's the sustainer. He's the one who made us. He's the one that uh, the word says that Jesus was with God from the very beginning. And by him and through him all things were made. And without him nothing was made that has been made. That he's the one that holds everything together. And today on Mother's Day, what, what I want us to be able to do is, is look at how some of the love that God has for us and he shows us is, is, is typical of the love that we would often associate with a mother. So I, I want to read from a couple articles real quick before we get into God's word. And uh, my phone's not working back there, so you may have to help me with the slides out, but we'll get there in a little bit. There you go. All right, so uh, this is an article written uh, by Father Paul Verturo, and this is what he said about mother's love. Mother love uniquely marks and makes our human experience. The human child remains dependent on a mother and father longer than the offspring of any other species. Now, the word mother uniquely arouses images of life-giving energy, of self-giving love and nurturing care. The annual Mother's Day celebration touches our deepest emotions and sentiments about what real love is and should be. If Christians can say God is love, and we do, right? Their first and most powerful experience of human love usually starts in the womb and continues in the arms of a mother. She brings new life into the world at the risk of her own life, a life she accepts, nurtures, and defends in the same way we often experience and describe God. So as we see God's love reflected in the love of a mother this morning during this sermon, I realize this, we all have different moms. Some of you may have had the most awesome, loving, great mom. And so to talk about God's love and see it through the, the, the lens of your mother's love towards you, you get it and it resonates with you. Some of you, you may be like, if God's going to love me like my mom loved me, no way. Because we all have different relationships. And I want you to know this, that, that the motherly type of love that God gives us has none of the failings or falterings that our own mothers have in being humans. And even the most perfect, loving mother, and the love that you could have from your mother, pales in comparison to the God who loves you beyond everything. And so my hope and my prayer is today, as we walk through this, that God will open our eyes to see just how much he loves us, and that we can be held by our God, our Heavenly Father. Now, Bruce Riley, who is uh, the provost and professor of theology and culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, he writes about four different ways that we see God's love reflected in a mother. And we're going to unpack these. We're going to read some of his article, then we're going to unpack them in Scripture. So he says that a mother's love is nurturing, it's faithful, it's protective, and it's sacrificial. So let's read a little bit about this. A mother's love is nurturing. It causes a baby to grow and develop in a way it could not on its own. And it is exhibited in nearly everything a mother does to help her little child. Feeding him, rocking him, changing him, talking to him, smiling at him. Consider the example of a mother's smile. 
After a mother has smiled at her child for many days and weeks, she finally receives the child's smile in response. She has awakened love in the heart of her child. When a mother smiles at her infant, she gives a glimpse of an even bigger truth, that God has loved us from the very beginning, especially through His Son, Jesus, and that God's love awakens in us a potential for love. That's why the Apostle John said, we love because He first loved us. We sang about that. If you didn't love me, there's no way I could love you back, God. If you didn't love me, I'd still be, I'd still be refusing you. That God loves us first, and that allows us to be able to love Him back. Secondly, a mother's love is faithful. It stays up late nights with a screaming baby. Days and weeks and months on end. It endures exhausting days of changing diapers and cleaning messes. It patiently persists in innumerable and undimensionable ways, even when no thanks are given in return. When a mother faithfully attends to the needs of her baby, she reminds us of an even bigger truth. That God will always do what He has said and fulfill what He has promised. God does not lie. He keeps His promises. And when we see the faithfulness of a mother's love, we see a dim reflection of God's perfect faithful love. We can take Him at His word. We can rely on Him. His love endures through sleepless nights and exhausting days in myriad and unmentionable ways. A mother's love is also protective. With her infant, a mother is always on alert, waking up at the slightest sound, caring during times of sickness, guarding against potential harm. And as the infant grows into childhood and later adolescence, she remains alert and continues to be protective. When a mother protects her children, she provides a glimpse of God's promise to protect his children. Consider especially especially the way a mother protects a small child who might hurt herself by touching a burner or falling down the stairs, or stepping out into the road. In the same way, God offers to save us and to protect us from our sin and from its consequences. That's why Scripture declares, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I trust, my shield and my salvation and my stronghold. And finally, a mother's love is sacrificial. More than anything, a mother's love is sacrificial. A mother stretches herself literally and metaphorically from the time of conception until the twilight of her own life. A mother never stops being a mother. In this way, a mother's love teaches us the deepest and most profound truth about God, that God loved us enough to come to earth, take a human body, and sacrifice himself on the cross. No mother is perfect. Every earthly mother will let us down, but we love our mothers for the good we've seen in them and received from their hands. We love them for the ways they've nurtured us, been faithful to us, protected us, and sacrificed for us. And we thank them for that, even if they are unaware how they have provided us with a real, even if imperfect, picture of God's love for us. So yes, like Mike said, mothers, you are incredible missionaries, not just in how you raise your kids, but in the example you have to reflect God's love to your kids and grandkids. And it's not just for mothers. We all have that opportunity to be missionaries and not just what we say, but how we live out our faith in front of a world that's watching. But let's go ahead and unpack some scriptures. Where do we see God's love as nurturing and comforting? Where do we see it as faithful? Where do we see it as protective? And where do we see it as sacrificial? So go ahead and turn your Bibles uh, to Isaiah chapter 49, verse 13, okay? We're going to be bouncing around a bit. So if you use the Bible app, today would be a great day to be able to use that. 
Uh, everything that is up on the slide uh, should be there on, on the Bible app. And, uh, and the link is there on our website. Or if you pull it up, your phone knows where you're at, right? And it knows that you're here at Skiff Lake Bible Church. And so it pulls it up for you there as well. So we're looking first. Number one, if you're taking notes, God's love is nurturing and comforting. Uh, in the book of Isaiah, this is written in the midst of God's people are facing the threat of exile. They have been living in ways that, that they're not supposed to, okay? And God has promised, has prophesied through his prophets, has said, look, if things do not change, the enemies are coming. And there's these prophecies of, look, there's doom and gloom that's coming, but there's also prophecies of, of God's redemption and his restoration to come. So it's in the midst of that turmoil, in the midst of the hardship that God, through Isaiah, gives words like these, where it says, Shout for joy, O heavens! Rejoice, O earth! Burst into song, O mountains! For the Lord comforts His people and will have compassion on His afflicted ones. You see, God's heart as the God of love is one that has comfort and compassion to help those who are afflicted. The Scripture says that the Lord is near to those that are brokenhearted. He's close to those that are crushed in spirit. You know, those times as a kid where we felt like we just needed a hug from our mom. You know, sometimes we still feel that inside, that same ache or hurt that drove us to our mom as a kid. We still feel that brokenness, that affliction. And God says, look, I am a God who wants to comfort you. I'm a God who has compassion on you, who understands and longs to draw you in. And Isaiah, uh, let's go ahead and flip ahead to Isaiah 66, verse 13. Again, it's the same context, that the exile is out there. It's going to be coming, and they're in the midst of this turmoil, and God says this, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. I mean, have you ever seen a mother just kind of swoop in and comfort a child? Like, you ever seen like a child playing on the playground, and they trip and fall and skin their knee, and the mom kind of just comes in to help out, to be able to wipe away the tears, kiss away the tears, kiss away the, the hurt and the pain, and just kind of be there to swoop up? Like, God wants to love you in that same way, to be able to swoop you up and hold you in his arms, in his hands, to comfort you. To help you in the midst of the, the owies of life, so to speak. The big things that we go through. The pain and the ache. Like this is how, how we see mothers love their children. But it's how God desires to love us. Or maybe it shows up in the way of, of a mother helping a child that is coming out because they can't sleep because they've had a bad dream. And the mother giving the kisses and blowing away the bad dream and trying to help them write a new dream in their head to change it. To bring comfort and peace. To bring nurturing. Or just the way that a mother holds her children no matter how big or how old they get. In Psalm 131, verses 1 through 3, the psalmist says this, My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not consider myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. This, we don't often view God in this way, I think. And maybe you do, I don't know. But here's the picture that, 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 that the, the psalmist is writing. You ever seen a mom just holding a, a, a young baby, a toddler? Okay, a baby that's weaned, okay? So it, the baby isn't trying to, doesn't need nourishment, okay? It's not trying to nurse or get milk. It's just comforted in the arms of 
the mother. Peaceful still. I'm in this place. I have what I need. And I'm here. And that's, you know what? I think that's how God desires to hold us. You know, we face the waves and the winds of this life. And, and I know I've talked about this before. If you're out on the ocean in the middle of the storm and there's these huge waves and things like that, but if you go in a submarine down to the bottom, it's calm. It doesn't even know what's going on over there. And I think God desires to hold us in the midst of the waves and everything that in Him we have a steadiness and a calmness even when the world is shaking and going everywhere. I mean, you know that, that verse that says, Be still and know that I am God, Right? The context of that is the world is falling apart. The mountains are falling into the ocean. Everything's going crazy. And God says, yeah, in the midst of the craziness of life, because, yeah, life is messed up sometimes, right? The world is messed up and broken. We face tragedies and calamities. And God says, in the midst of that, I am God and I am your rock that does not move when the world is moving and shaking. And I will hold you in the midst. That's why we can have peace in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of the anxiety that we sometimes feel. We can have peace because God is holding us. There's a song by Casting Crowns uh, that I love that I think kind of uh, um, interprets this verse we just read. Maybe you felt like this before. Hold it all together. Everybody needs you strong. Anybody ever been there? You feel like you... You have, to, you have to be the one that isn't affected, that you got it all together. Hold it all together. Everybody needs you strong. But life hits you out of nowhere and barely leaves you holding on. And when you're tired of fighting, chained by your control, there's freedom in surrender. Lay it down and let it go. The next verse says, If your eyes are on the storm, you'll wonder if I love you still. But if your eyes are on the cross, you'll know that I always have and I always will. Not a tear is wasted. In time, you'll understand I'm painting beauty with the ashes. Your life is in my hands. So when you're on your knees and answers seem so far away, you are not alone. Stop holding on and just be held. The world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. I'm on the throne. Stop holding on and just be held. Lift your hands. Lift your eyes. In the storm is where you'll find me. And where you are, I'll hold your heart. Come to me, find your rest in the arms of the God who won't let go. You see, God desires to love you with a love that is comforting and nurturing and life-giving. Number two, God wants to love you in a way that is protective. I mean, isn't it interesting how a mom just always seems to know when one of her kids are in danger? I mean, you ever notice that? Okay, it's like they got like this spidey sense, okay? Like, oh, something's going on, okay? Or, or even as they get older, like I know my mom, I'd come home from something and she'd be like, are you okay? And I didn't even know that I was dealing with something, some disappointment or something, and, but she just knew like something doesn't seem right. Are you okay? And you know what, for us, not all the time, but generally for us as dads, sometimes we're just completely clueless about that. Yeah, even just yesterday, we were outside and uh, we had a little bit of a fire going and doing things like this and Ransom went out to go... Um, uh, help the dog or something. He was doing something in the front yard and we're here and, and Steph's like, I think you hear somebody saying Ransom's name. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't hear that. Okay, and then the dog starts barking and stuff. Like, well, if somebody said Ransom's name and the dog is barking, somebody's probably there. And our neighbors had walked on, on over uh, looking for mushrooms and stuff like that. And so uh, she just knew. Now, there was no danger, okay, right? We love our neighbors, Sue, right? 
<laughs> and um, and uh, but she just knew I heard somebody say Ransom's name. There must be somebody over there. I was completely oblivious to it. Moms just know. And they seek to be protective and loving and guarding in their love. There's a story that I've often heard different uh, pastors use. And sometimes you get these stories and I don't know if they're true or not. Okay. But it's a good story. There's a, a, a farmer who has a lot of different animals, but he's got a mother hen and all her chicks. And it's supposed to be really, really cold that night. Okay. And the mother hen gathers all her chicks under her wings out in the field but it gets so cold that the mother hen freezes to death out in the field. And the next day, the, the farmer comes out and he sees the, the, the mother hen there and he, he kind of pushes her over with his foot and underneath, all the chicks are alive and warm. The mother desired to protect her chicks to be able to keep them warm and secure, even at the cost of her own life. And in Matthew, which we see up here on, on the screen, Jesus said that he, he desired to do the same type of thing. You see, this is uh, uh, shortly before his death where he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers the chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house has left you desolate. I wish I could have been there as his disciples to hear that. Like, how do you think he said that? I mean, he could have said it different ways. He could have been, like, really frustrated. He could have been really emotional. Now, I picture him like, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, like, how I long. Like, I would have given my everything to protect you and cover you and show you the way to live, but you wouldn't have it. You wouldn't have it. And so, look, destruction's coming. Because, you see, it's not just God's desire to protect us like that by by protecting us from harm or by sheltering us or securing us. But God has given us his word that is this protection, so to speak. He says, look, when you live according to my word, there is blessings in that. It'd be like if we had an umbrella, like out in the rain, if somebody has an umbrella and you choose not to stand under it, you're going to get wet. But when you choose to live under God's umbrella of how he calls us to live, there's blessings in that. And Jesus said, look, I wanted to do it, but you wouldn't let me. You wouldn't, you wouldn't let me hold you close like that. You know, we see that in, in a mother's love too because mothers want to protect and guide, but there's also rules in, in protection too, right? There's a curfew that has to be honored. And if you honor it, there's blessings. But if not, then you're on the outside, right? You see, moms have a way of, I, I want to protect you, but I also want to teach you how to live so that you live under that protection all the time. And we find that in God's word. In this verse in Matthew, it's not the only time uh, that God is compared, Jesus is compared to, the, uh, to a bird. Okay? There's another time that Jesus is compared to a bird. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Okay? The writer says this, Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions, the Lord alone led him. Talking about Israel. No foreign god was with him. Now, I have never seen an eagle teaching its, its eaglets how to fly, okay? But here's kind of what happens, okay? They're in the nest. Warm, cozy, nice nest. I mean, they're like huge nests, right? And the mother bird or the father bird kind of does one of these. <laughs> fly, right? And the bird is like, oh, I'm falling. Okay, flap, 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 flap. And it, it's not working because the bird's never done it before. I mean, how would you feel if, 
I mean, let's say you, you, okay, you did have wings. You could actually fly once you learned how to do that, but you're not flying. You're trying, you're trying, but you're not flying. And then the bird swoops underneath and lifts them up, teaching them what it feels like to fly, how you soar and tries it again. And you know what? I, I think God loves us in that same way sometimes. There's a, a pastor by the name of Spencer Borsma, and he says this, this passage is a fascinating picture of God's providence. How often do we sometimes refuse to trust God in order to guide us? Or, or how often do we sometimes feel like we're falling, but we're actually being taught how to fly? You know, because I don't think God is like vindictive or something like kick out of the nest and like good luck. But you know, we go through times where we feel like I cannot do this on my own. I can't. And I think in those moments, God comes with us, swoops down, and lifts us back up. Now, that doesn't mean that he lifts us up out of the pit and everything goes away. But he's, I'm flying with you. I'll help you through this. You see, because God is a God who loves us in a comforting, nurturing type of way and in a protective type of way. I want to protect you. I want to love you. Here's a way to live. When you live under this, there's protection. And when you go through hard times, you're not alone. You're not just falling, flapping your wings. I'm here with you, and I will bring you through this. So we see that God is a God who loves us with a comforting love. We see that God loves us with a love that is protective, and God loves us with a faithful love. Go ahead and turn back to Isaiah uh, chapter 46. And the writer says this. Isaiah says this. Oh, do we already read that one? No, Isaiah 46, verse 3 through 4. Is there another one up there? Maybe I have the wrong side. Oh, I just skipped this one, okay? This isn't on the screen, but it's in my notes. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain in the house of Israel, you whom I upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you. I will carry you. I will sustain you. And I will rescue you. God says, look, I'm not going to give up on you. I was the one that was there from the time that you were born. From the time that you were conceived and born, I'm watching over you. I've knitted you together. I've planned out your life. Your life was before me like an open book. And I've carried you since your birth. And even till your old age, when you get gray in your hair, I am the one who sustains you. You know, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. If your mother is still here on this earth, you're her kid, right? It doesn't matter. They don't... they're faithful in their love. They're faithful in being a mother. Sometimes we like that, and sometimes, that, you know, that, that mother kind of comes out, hey, you're not feeling that well, you should sleep more often. <laughs> like, oh, I'm trying, right? No, but, but that's God's love for us. It's a faithful, never-ending type of love. And he says, look, I've made you, I've carried you, I'm going to sustain you and rescue you in the midst of what you go through. Listen to this. God says, I will not leave you. In the midst of the storm you're in right now, God says, I will not leave you. I will walk with you through this. And we see a reflection of that in, in the love of the mothers who labor in prayer over their children. Or maybe the grandmothers in prayer over their, their grandsons. Who in the midst of hurt and brokenness choose time and time again to love and forgive a child. A mother's love doesn't let go and God's love doesn't let go. There's a story that's often told. And again, I think it's been embellished some. But there's a a young boy out swimming, and his mother's on the deck. 
watching. And as he's swimming, she sees that there's an alligator that's in there too. So she runs outside and she's yelling at him, come on, come on back. And he turns around and he comes on back and the alligator is swimming behind him. And the mom and the alligator kind of get there at the same time. And the alligator grabs his legs and the mom grabs the arms and there's this tug of war that happens. Somebody hears the shouts and comes on out and, and in different stories, different things happen. The guy has a gun and shoots the, the gator or they smack in the nose, something like that. The mom didn't let go. The end of the story is the gator lets go. The mom didn't let go. And the boy then, after surgeries and things, has these scars on his legs and these scars on his arms. And he says, yeah, these scars on my legs, that's, that's when I was swimming and the, and the gator got me. And these scars on my arms are because my mom would not let go. I mean, that's that mother type of love, right? We hear the stories of like, you know, this heavy thing is on top of the baby and the mom comes up and just rips it off, okay? Like, God's love is a faithful, never-ending love. God will not let go of you. He will not let go of you. Now, we all have an opportunity. It's a little bit different. It's not like there's this gator. It's more of our hearts. Are we going to let him? Are we willing to let go of what's over here and let him take us? But God's not going to let go of us. He's going to hold on all the time. And it's not so much the scars on our arms, but it's the scars on his. That shows he's never going to let go. And he already paid the ultimate price for you and for me, that his love knows no bounds. And so this leads us right into the last part of a mother's love we see in God our Father is that God's love is sacrificial for us. You know, almost every part of a mother's life has to do with her laying her life down for her children over and over again, day by day, moment by moment. Like doing things with her kids that maybe she feels are, are boring that she doesn't want to do. Like playing Legos or doing puzzles that are really easy or reading the book for the upteenth time for the umpteenth day in a row over and over and over again. Laying down her life for her kids. It could be strongly supporting her kids' interests, whether it's sports or music or the arts or something else. Taking the time to make the favorite meals. Opening the homes up to their friends, even if their friends are crazy, right? And they eat all your food. Or staying up late to talk and just being available even when it's not a good time. That was interesting. Often when we're able to visit my parents, um, it'd be like we'd be up to like one or two in the morning. Not so much anymore as, we, as, our, as our kids get older and we just can't do that because they're going to be up too. But my mom and dad, would, my mom would stay up. To one or two just to talk with us and hang out with us. A mother's life and mother's love is a constantly laying down. It can be doing the work to make the memories for the holidays and other special occasions and even babysitting the grandkids, traveling to go babysit the grandkids so, so their kids can, can have time together to invest in their marriage. But you see, all of these ways and the countless other ways that a mother may show sacrificial love pale in comparison to the sacrificial love of Christ. Because you see, the scripture says, while we were yet sinners and enemies of God, when we were helpless and hopeless on the outside looking in, Christ died for us in our place, taking all of the punishment that we deserve. All of it. I mean, can you imagine this? What if you could experience all of the guilt and all the shame for all of your sins in just a couple minutes. And I don't sit there too long. But that's heavy. Multiply that by the billion of people that have lived. 
On the cross, Jesus took your sin as if it was his, and I think he felt the agony that we feel when we feel guilt and shame. He felt that in our place for us. This sacrificial love where Jesus... There's a passage in Isaiah. I love this passage. And it says, God looked, and he looked around, and he saw no one. There was nobody to intervene, no one to step in the middle. There was just lies and sin everywhere. So God says, I'm stepping in. And it says he put his salvation on like a helmet, and he put his righteousness on like a breastplate, and God steps into the fray to win the battle. And we may think when God comes to the battle, he's going to smash heads together, and we're going to win, right? But that's not how Jesus won the battle, right? He stepped into the fray and was nailed to a tree for you and for me. You see, that sacrificial, never-ending love compelled Jesus to say, I am unwilling that they would perish away from me, so I will become a man, a human flesh. I'll leave the glory of heaven. I'll become obedient to death, even the most brutal death, death on a cross. I'll bear their sin, their shame, their guilt. I'll face separation from you. I will do it. I'll take all of the just punishment and wrath for sin. I'll take it all. I'll drink it all. Because I love them that much. Because he loves you that much. That's Christ's sacrificial love for us. You know, it's kind of like that mama bear mentality. You're not messing with my kids. And that mama bear type of love, I think, is what Jesus had that compelled him to go to the cross. It's that overwhelming, never-ending, from a worldly perspective, it almost seems a reckless kind of love. But a love that from the very beginning God had and he knew that Jesus was going to be the way. And they knew that. But that self-giving of God, if there's any other way, but not my will, your will be done. And we see that love in our mothers here on earth and we see that love, that sacrificial love in Jesus Christ. So what does all this mean for us today? If you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down, okay? I'll say it to you first then you can figure out how you want to write it down. I want you to know that the God of the universe loves you. The God of the universe loves you with a nurturing, fierce, protective, faithful, and sacrificial love. The God of the universe loves you with a nurturing, fierce, protective, faithful in sacrificial love. The love of a mother. And here's the thing. In the midst of that love, you can just be held. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all the answers. You can just be held. In Isaiah chapter 49, in the New Living Translation, verse 14, Israel says, The Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. They look out and they're like, everything's, God can't possibly be here. And God says, never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she's born? But even if that were possible, even if a mother could forget her her nursing child, even if a mother could forget the love, God says, I will never forget you. I've written your name on the palm of my hands. So whatever you're going through today, Sometimes we say, God's for, he's forsaken us. He's not around. He's forgot about me. And God says, never. 
Could a mother forget her child? Could a mother just not care? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. I've written your name on my hand. You can simply just be held. The love of a mother is nurturing, fierce, protective, faithful, and sacrificial. And God says, you, you, right here, I love you with that love. I love you with a love that is greater than that love. In the midst of everything that's going on, let me hold you. Let me comfort you. You can trust me, just be held. And I think if we could look at Jesus, that verse saying, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long. I think he would say something like this to us. Oh, child, child, in the midst of the unknown and the fear and the worry and the anxiety that you may face, in the midst of this broken world, in the midst of your sin and your shame and your failures, how I long to gather you like a mother hen does her chicks. Will you let me? Will you let me hold you? You let me trust you, or will you let me comfort you? You can just trust me. You can simply be held. So, like that song from Casting Crowns, when you're on your knees, an answer seems so far away, you're not alone. Stop holding on and just be held. The world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. I'm on the throne. Stop holding on and just be held. Lift your hands, lift your eyes, and the storm is where you'll find me. And where you are, I'll hold your heart. Come to me, find your rest in the arms of the God who won't let go. So in the midst of the life that we go through, the joys and the pain, the triumphs and the tragedies, may we come to know and rely on the motherly love of God our Father and simply be held. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you that you love us with a fierce, protective, nurturing, comforting love, sacrificial love. God, I thank you that you love us with a love that says you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be the strong one in the midst of the storms. Look at me. Abide with me. I'm here with you. I'm holding you. Just be held. So if you're here today and you're a Christian, just take a moment to thank God that he loves you in a way that you can rest in his love. You can rest in his love. And even if the worst possible thing were to happen here on this earth, God has you. He has an inheritance for you. You can worship him for that. You can thank him for that. You can live in the joy and the peace and the hope and the purpose that that brings. But if you're here today and you haven't, You haven't accepted Christ as your Savior. God looks at you and he says, I love you. You don't have to have all the answers. I died in your place. And I can forgive your sins and bring you to me if you just ask. So I encourage you today. Don't leave today without choosing to look up and just be held in God's love. God, we love you. We worship you. We thank you. Make us your people. Make us a beacon of light in our communities and our families, Lord. Help us to live the missionary life. Help us to let you hold us in your love and be vessels of that love to those around us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.